This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand many of our listeners may not agree with all of our viewpoints. However, we hope you can bear with us in order to hear unadulterated true crime cases. We are not licensed therapists, nor are we able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source material included for each episode. Now Now let's get get weird. Welcome back, sinners. I hope that you had a great week, and we are so excited that you are back to listen for the rest of the Ant Hill Kids cult case that Jess has presented uh, that she did last week. We are very excited to dive right back into it. So I'm going to hand it over to Jess. Oh, great. So like the first part, with this one, I'm going to issue another content warning and another trigger warning. Because if you thought the first episode was rough and brutal, this one is going to be even more so. If this is not something that you're comfortable listening to, I would skip this episode. But if you're ready to dive into it with us, this is your warning. So be be ready. We're strapping in and it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. Right. So if you got kids in the car, kids in the house, and you like to blast your podcast, maybe just Get some headphones on. Yes, headphones recommended for this one. Right. Very much. So let's do it. Right. So where we left off last is we were talking about Rock Terrio's childhood and how it came to be for him to have the cult that he has called the Ant Hill Kids and what brought him to want to do this. And we touched a little bit on his gruesome punishments and torture methods that he's done with some of his commune members. And like I said, it's going to start getting a little worse. So where we're going to start is after reading about Guy Terrio in the Ant Hill and the Ant Hill kids in an article, a man named Guy Via became interested in him and wanted to join the cult. Oh my God. But Guy wasn't aware of the person that Rock truly was and what actually happened. Because the article that he read referred to Rock as, quote, a gentle mountain man. A gentle mountain man. Who is this reporter and why are they doing that? Why didn't they get fired? That's what what I want to know. (laughs) Like, that apparently was enough for Guy. And he went wandering in the woods looking for the Ant Hill Kids camp because he wanted to join them. Could you imagine? Like like I said, he didn't even know that... What was actually happening He's here? He's literally walking into hell. And he doesn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And when he finds them, he ultimately joins them. But when he gets there, he's only permitted to stay in a storage shed as his house. He was given a small wooden stove, 24 bottles of home-brewed beer, two hens, a rooster, and one meal a day. And even with that, he said, I want to be a part of this. I I don't I don't know where his head was at, but I wonder if his life wasn't like that great before and he's like, Oh, this is nice. It very well could have been. Right. You know, like trauma in, in people's past can really affect the way that they think when they're adults. Sure. And that definitely could be part of the reason why he did this. 
And his designated job in the cult was to be the babysitter because Guy was technically considered to be mentally unstable. So get this though. He was only fit to look after the children that weren't rocks because- Wow, where's the logic in that? Because he thought that his children were- Better. So high superior that Guy almost wasn't worthy to watch them. So he watched other children that were not biologically rocks. If he's mentally unstable, why should he care for children? They had to give him something to do. Yeah, it's like take care of the the grass. I don't know. (laughs) Not human beings. So during a party that Rock organized for two of his sons, one of the children that Guy was watching started to cry. And he just would not stop crying. And this kept Guy awake. He was trying to lie down and sleep. But this child's crying would not allow him to do so. So he started screaming at the boy to be quiet. But, the you know, the child just continued to cry. It's a kid. It's a child. That's their first instinct when they're uncomfortable, they're hot, they're scared, they're sad, they cry. Yes. That's just what children do. He picked up this little boy by the neck no. and punched him multiple times in the face to try to get him to stop. How about I punch him multiple times in the face? Yeah, he needs good punching. Mm-hmm. And this little boy's name was Samuel, and he was only two. No! He was a two-year-old child. And the next day, people saw him with a bruised-up face, and... No one really thought much about it. And it wasn't even injuries to his face at the end. One of the injuries that he received from the beating rendered him unable to urinate again. Like his scrotum was so swollen. No. He could not urinate anymore. And tragically, Samuel was found dead the next day. Yeah. And... The actual cause of Samuel's death is actually unknown, but there were two different accounts of how it happened. And bear in mind, both of these times, Rock did not take any responsibility for any of it. Mm -hmm. So based on the accounts of Rock, Guy, and the other members of the commune, Rock took a pair of scissors and after sterilizing them with alcohol, he cut Samuel's penis to allow him to urinate again. That's not how it works, you stupid fuck. It's it's just absolutely insane, and it's disgusting, and it, ugh, like I'm literally feeling nauseated just repeating it. Right. And this is the account that was accepted by the courts. No! So this is the version of the story that the it's courts... documented. Yes. Okay. And according to Rock's wife, Giselle, the only thing that was wrong with Samuel that she could see was that his head was bruised up. She didn't know anything about the injury. The that, lower. Yes. Okay. She had no idea. Mm-hmm. And instead it happened because Rock decided that Samuel needed to be circumcised. So it wasn't even an injury that started this. It was the idea that he needed to be circumcised. So he used a bottle of 94% ethanol solution as an anesthetic to do this circumcision. So he poured the 94% ethanol solution down Samuel's throat to try to be an anesthetic. What is your problem? And then the claim with that was that he died of alcohol poisoning rather than what the first account 
most likely ended up being dying of blood loss. Oh my God. So one story is blood loss. The other is alcohol poisoning. And despite which account is the outstandingly, the true one, Mm -hmm. his body was burned somewhere outside the commune to try to hide it. Either way, it's horrific. Either, Either if one or the other is true, I hate it. I hate I hated every word of every single site article anything that I read I hated every word mm-hmm. hated it but the more I hated it the more I thought this needs to be brought to light absolutely ultimately rock blamed guy he blamed him for the death of Samuel because of the beating so it had nothing to do with blood loss it had nothing to do with alcohol poisoning it was because just guy just beat, the beat shit this little boy little child so they put him on trial to see if he was actually guilty of killing Samuel. Guy. Yeah. Okay. But the problem is this court and a couple other members of the commune that were loyal to him. So it's... It's not even a trial. No. It's just a... They're condemning him right from the get. Because mm-hmm. that's... They do what the master tells them to do. Mm-hmm. Even though the court found him not guilty of reason of insanity... That was the ultimate verdict here, was that Guy was not guilty for reasons of insanity. Rock wasn't satisfied with that. He was not satisfied that Guy was not guilty mm-hmm. of this. When no Rock being the the leader of the cult, the god, so to speak. And who put him in that place of taking care of kids. That was him. That was all him. Right. So with his penchant for not taking responsibility... He should be taking responsibility exactly. because this is a thousand percent his fault. Yes. And so what happened was the procedure was carried out using very crude materials. Ugh. So they used an elastic band. Oh, wow. A razor blade, tweezers, and a magnifying glass. That was all they used. Magnifying glass for what? I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. But... He did end up surviving the operation, so he did live. But his scrotum bled for an entire week. Oh, wow. So they they made sure he had enough iron in his diet to compensate for that, but it bled for a straight week. Oh, my God. And after he recovered, he fled. And he alerted the authorities of the depraved things that were happening, including the death of little Samuel. Mm. So the police and the authorities now knew about Samuel's death, but he had told the police that the death was caused by a kick from a horse rather than being beaten. By him. And yes, so he had told the police that he was killed by a horse. I just don't even know what to believe, who to believe, and the fact that Samuel's body is burned, so you can't, you probably cannot find a a reason on how he was killed. It's just so sad to me because everybody's talking about how he died and none of it maybe is true. Mm-hmm. There's so many different fabricated stories. That and it's all horrific. In. Yeah. It's like no matter what, what lane you go in, it's going to be totally gruesome, disgusting, horrifying yeah. either way. So after Guy alerted the authorities the police raided the compound and arrested Rock and Samuel's parents. 
And after the police found Samuel's remains, they end up finding them eventually. Oh, wow. Okay. The other commune members told them about how Guy beat the child. Okay. So totally contradicting what his initial claim was. Right. That he was killed by a kick from a horse. Right. The coroner found that the group was criminally responsible for Samuel's death. So Rock, Guy, and Samuel's parents were all charged with criminal negligence. I agree with that. Causing bodily harm to Samuel, and the one who burnt Samuel's body was charged with obstruction of justice. Yes. And Rock was also charged with bodily harm to, with intent to mutilate Guy for the castration that he put him through. And all parties were found guilty. Wow. And get this, though. Oh, God. Rock was only sentenced to two years in prison for this. Because he was just negligent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two years and three years probation on both charges that he was given. And he was ultimately released in February of 84. So after Rock's release from prison, the commune started all over again in a new mm -hmm. location. So okay. they left the Eternal Mountain. Mm -hmm packed all their stuff and they left and they went to a totally new place. Okay. So they moved from Quebec to Somerville. Okay. And the cult was refused funding from the community on the basis that the group was more of an institution rather than a family. Okay. So they were trying to get funding from the community from other parts of the world for this, for this church that they're trying to do or this, religion that they're trying to form. Right. And since they wouldn't voluntarily give up what they needed, Rock decided that they were just going to take it. So oh. he ordered his wives to start stealing from local grocery stores and encouraged his followers to try to get money from their parents. I and thought they couldn't talk to people outside. That's what I thought too. <laughs> and these parents are already like, why are you a part of this? Yes. This is absolute I'm not madness. Give you money. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not giving you money to support this. This is crazy. Right. And none of the methods that they tried to use to get money worked. Good. So eventually they started to sell fruit and pastries mm -hmm. to try to get the money they needed. And it mean, it ultimately proved to be mildly successful for them. I was going to say, I'm a sucker for pastries. Mm-hmm. And fruit. If there <laughs> was one thing that I could eat every day, all day, it would be fruit. And the newfound success of the company made Rock become increasingly more bored with his life because he's not, he no longer has the desperate need to survive anymore. And he misses that it's That's not exciting oh my god so he's getting bored like he doesn't have that excitement of trying to figure out how they're going to live another day how they're going to eat and for another day how they're going to get money so he just got bored i'm gonna stop trying to understand this man because clearly i'm not going to he makes absolutely no sense whatsoever yeah and because of this newfound boredom he started drinking again Mm -hmm. So he's been very on and off with his drinking problem. Mm -hmm. And he just stopped working, which is weird. It's counterintuitive because if you're bored, wouldn't you want to find something to do? Right. So then go work. Mm -hmm. But maybe work is just as boring as not doing anything or worse. Well, remember we said we're not going to try to understand him because he clearly doesn't know what he's doing. He's just living in his own world. Yeah. He's no clue. <laughs> cool. 
And when he would be drunk, since he started drinking again, Mm -hmm. when he would get drunk, he would organize no holds barred nude wrestling matches between his wives. So he would pit his wives against each other physically and emotionally. He would like pick at their insecurities and try to just make them feel like, yeah, try to get them at each other's throats. He's just sick in every way. For his entertainment. Right. And he sometimes would even join in in these. So he would either watch them do their thing or he would join in on it. Mm-hmm. And eventually he created a rule that if they managed to actually hit him or injure him or make contact with him while they were doing these yeah. fights, it would come out of their food rations. So if one of his wives managed to punch him, mm-hmm. he would say, all right, we're taking away these and this and all of these things were taking away some of your food as punishment because he's this like godlike being. So even though he wants to be a part of it for his enjoyment, yeah. If he gets the hit, then they're punished for it. It <laughs> literally guy, makes no it sense. It makes no sense. He's such a loser. Makes absolutely no sense to me and he's just He's like I got hit by a girl. We need to punish her. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize she was 4 years old. <laughs> Other times he would beat or whip his followers and hit them with the broadside of an axe or a hammer. He would urinate on them. Or this this is super disgusting and I get really nauseated even saying it. He would force them to smear themselves with each other's feces. Come on. Right? No. No. Not it's not the vibe, no. No. And there was even an occasion where he had once slashed one of his followers jugular with a broken wine glass. Oh my god. So this guy just keeps falling deeper and deeper into it. So I'm going to circle back to one of his wives. Her name was Maurice. We had previously touched on her in the first part of the episode. And she had a husband before they became a part of the cult. And when they joined the cult, Rock took her to be his husband. And the husband just like lived and watched this? He had to because their godly being was telling him, this is my wife now. So they had, he had to just deal. I'd be like, no, dude, I, I will fight you. <laughs> that's, that's my wife, yeah. dude. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And after a year of being forbidden to have relations with her own actual husband. Legal wife yes, and husband. She was permitted to leave the commune with two out of the three children she had. Because she, so, you know. Like any person would in that situation, she hightailed it out of there. And as quickly as she could, she pursued legal action to try to get custody of her daughter. Okay, good. So she was 100% down to try to get her daughter back because this is just absolute madness. Mm -hmm. And part of this legal action involved her testifying on the conditions of how the camp was and how the children lived there. And what she had to say about it was more than enough to get this yes and to have the children taken into foster care good like at this point again adding on to the dozens of trigger warnings that we've already had for this episode i'm issuing another one 
because this is going to get very gruesome, and especially with the fact that it's involving children. Mm, okay. So again, if you're not wearing headphones, recommend putting them in for this part. Right. Or if this is something that you're really not comfortable listening to, I would gloss over this. Right. Yeah. You know, not everybody holds space for things like this. Um, we don't blame you. Mm-mm. If you need to catch us on the next one or fast forward a little bit, we understand. Yeah. It's totally 100% justified if you do. So Rock separated the children of the compound into two groups. So he had his own children mm-hmm. and they enjoyed a privileged position in the commune. Privileged, quote unquote. Right. There really wasn't much of a privileged I was life. Say, yeah. But his version of privileged. And then those who were not his children. And they were considered to be slaves or animals. <gasps> so there was two totally separate groups of kids here. Oh my God. And so Rock was looking after his own children. So he had his own kids to to watch and he took care of his own children. And the other kids would have a mentally deficient member of the commune watch them, just like in the case uh, with Samuel and Guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there's another person. Oh, my God. What's... After Guy was gone, there was another one that came in. So this guy, like, literally doesn't learn from any of the mistakes that he made before. Because he doesn't make them, apparently. In his godly state of mind, he doesn't make them. Okay. So these kids who were not rocks, they would crawl around like animals. They were severely malnourished, and other cult members were forbidden from speaking to them. So it was like a totally different like thing going on. I can't imagine the mental trauma that they had to go through after this. And even Rock's own children had a horrible experience with this, despite their being privileged. Right, right. And bear in mind, I am putting air quotes around privileged. Air bunnies are up. Yes, because this is definitely not a privileged thing. Mm -hmm. So he would sometimes hold two of his wife's children over a fire and threaten to throw one in because he loved to watch the wives beg for their children's lives. It w- it was just absolutely sickening. Like he would he would do this for his own for his own kicks. Yeah. They were also given very kind of gross mundane chores. Like they would have to wash the women's sanitary napkins because back in the I believe at this point it's the late eighties. I don't They're know. They're reusable. If, yeah. Okay. So they had to hand wash them and they were deprived of sleep, food hygiene, and basic education. This is his own kids. The kids that were not his. Oh, okay. Okay. The only education that they were allowed to have was Rock's own brands of religious education. Oh, my God. And believe it or not, sex education. No, sir. He started to hold secret rituals just for these kids where he would sacrifice a goat, bathe in its blood, and perform chanting rituals. And this was just for the kids. I have, I have words, but I have no words. And despite the court's ruling that the children be made wards of the crown mm-hmm. and they were no longer be parental access to them, there still wasn't enough evidence to press further criminal charges against Rock oh, for this. Shit. 
I know. I call major bullshit on that claim. I really do. So here I want to dive into two specific individuals in the commune that had experienced some very gruesome things. And the two names are Solange Boylard and Dr. Gabrielle. So these were two pretty well-documented instances of the brutal abuse that Rock and his commune had placed on people. So this is a very well-documented one. Mm -hmm. In 1989, Solange complained about having an upset stomach. You know, that's a basic thing that every single person in the world experiences, an upset Mm -hmm. stomach. So Rock, accompanied by his crazy delusions that he's able to heal people, performed another amateur surgery without anesthetic. And so he forced Solange to lay down on a table and he punched her in the stomach. Then he forced a plastic tube into her rectum to perform a crude enema using molasses and olive oil. Say that again? Using what? Molasses and olive oil. For what purpose? For what purpose? (sighs) I don't understand his thought process. So he then cut open her abdomen with a knife and ripped out part of her intestines with his bare hands. Once this quote-unquote surgery was completed, he ordered Dr. Gabrielle to stitch Slange up using a needle and thread while another member pushed a tube down Slange's throat and blew air through it so she could still breathe. And tragically, Solange died the next day from the damage that she sustained from this quote-unquote surgery. Right. And with his claims that he had the power to heal people, Rock also believed he could resurrect the dead, like he had tried to do with Geraldine years before. And so he attempted to bring her back in a way that was absolutely horrific and disgusting, but... Ultimately, his efforts to resuscitate her were not successful. Shocking. So so they did not work. So Dr. Gabrielle was also endured a lot of gruesome treatment while being part of this commune. She suffered welding torch burns on her genitals. A hypodermic needle filled with an unknown concoction was injected into her back. Ugh. And it was twisted, so the needle broke off under her skin. Dude, no. So it would always be there. No. And eight of her teeth were forcibly removed from her mouth. Her hand was squeezed in a vice. And for those of you who don't know what a vice is, you commonly see them on workbenches. And they're used to hold like a piece of wood in place if you're trying to saw it or screw it or whatever you're trying to do with it. So... It was crushed. Her hand was crushed in one of those. Right. And she was whipped in the eye with a belt. So after Rock had fallen into a drunken stupor, shocking, Mm -hmm. like he has usually been doing. His MO. mm Mm-hmm. A group of commune members managed to sneak away and hide from him. All except for Gabrielle. Right, because she couldn't. Mm Mm-hmm. And after she was caught... Rock pinned her hand down to a wooden table with a hunting knife and used a cleaver to amputate her arm. And while Gabrielle's stump began to become infected, he used a pair of scissors to cut the infection out. 
That is... I, I have no words. It's absolutely disgusting. That's that's all I can say. It's just absolutely disgusting and horrific. And it makes me nauseated just repeating it. Yes. Just every single word of this makes me nauseated to repeat. Yes. She attempted to escape again after Rock cut off parts of her breasts and smashed her head in with the blunt side of an axe. So she's just continuously getting more and more torture. Torture. And she keeps trying to escape, but ultimately failing. She ended up returning to the compound after that last time she tried to escape because mm-hmm. she noticed that there were insect eggs in her head wound. Ugh. So on August 16th, 1989, Gabrielle made it to a hospital. And despite the cover-up story that she gave the hospital staff on why her arm was missing, the police were still called. Of course. And the constable filed a charge of aggravated assault against Rock for what he had done to Gabrielle's arm. So when they arrived to the compound to arrest him, it was completely deserted. Everybody was gone. Rock had fled to Quebec with those cult members who were still loyal to him, while the others who weren't anymore went home to their families. At least some people had some sense. Mm -hmm. It took six weeks for the police to find and arrest Rock. Six whole weeks to find him. Rock was sentenced to 12 years in prison for the amputation of Gabrielle's arm. Woo! And the police even pressed charges against him for first-degree murder in the death of Solange. Right. However, there wasn't enough evidence that the murder had been premeditated, so his sentence was brought down to second-degree murder rather than first. Right, and I get that in a sense because it seems like whenever he was doing all these crazy things, acting so violently, it was more like, what popped into his mind to do at that very moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I know that it's a lesser charge, but I understand why. Mm-hmm. And with all the drunken stupors he's always been in, like. You think- can't think of that beforehand because you're so intoxicated. How do you follow a plan or anything like that? Exactly. And Rock's lawyers made a deal that he would plead guilty to the second degree murder charge but only if that was the single charge brought forward against him. He ultimately took the deal, and on January 18th, 1993, he was sentenced to life in prison. Thank the universe. (laughs) Right. Thank everything. He's away, gone. So they sent him to Dorchester Penitentiary in New Brunswick. He did apply for parole once in 2002, but he was denied because he was considered to be too high of a risk to reoffend. And right. after that denial, he never applied again. Good. So he tried once and failed. So he just gave up, gave up on it mm-hmm. and stayed. On February 26th, 2011, at the age of 63, Rock was found dead near his cell. And it's believed that his death was a result of an altercation between him and his cellmate. So his cellmate's name was Matthew Gerard McDonald, and he was already a convicted murderer as well. Mm -hmm. So you have two convicted murderers in the same cell together. Hey, I mean, you're in prison. What do you think is going to happen? And McDonald stabbed Rock in the neck with a shiv. And after he had done it, he walked down to the guard station. 
handed them the shiv he used to stab Rock with and said, quote, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up, end quote. And that is prison justice. Oh, hell yeah. Dude. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's I, love time. That, I love that he probably was already in there, not going to ever leave prison. So he's probably like, whatever, fuck it. I'm going to just kill this bastard. Because mm-hmm. he probably was very weird in prison as well, because that doesn't go away. Mm-mm. So I'm sure that he was like, I've had enough of this guy. Yeah, 100%. And that is the end of the case of Rock Terrio and the Ant Hill Kids. Beautifully delivered. Such an amazing case to bring to light. And I'm so happy that you did. I know it was really brutal on you. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it hurt my heart, my stomach and my brain to do it. Yes. And I applaud you or sinners applaud you, I'm sure. Uh, So thank you. Thank Thank you you for that. Yes. I'm... Very much looking forward to continuing this show with all of you and sharing all of these cases with you and bringing to light all of these cases and victims that, you know, deserve it. Yeah, of course. And everybody 100% deserves to be brought to light, no matter how gruesome the case, no matter how small, no matter where it is, no matter who it is, Mm -hmm. every single one has hundred percent the right to be brought forward and we are here to do that yes we are and if you're interested in learning more about rock terrio and the anthill kids gabrielle actually wrote a memoir of her life and the english translation of the title is the alliance of the sheep again that's the alliance of the sheep in english and there's also a 2002 film called savage messiah that depicts Rock's crimes against his followers and the trials that came afterwards. And there's also all of the sources that we've used to bring this case forward to you all that will be down in the show notes. The sources included um, an article on Wikipedia and Murderpedia. Uh, We use CBC News as well as History.com to find this information. So all of those sources will be listed in the show notes for you as well. I love that Gabrielle took darkness, took all of that awfulness that happened to her and turned it into light Mm -hmm. and turned it into her being a badass. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm so in love with that. Yeah, it's it's super awesome. I gotta pick that book up and read it now too. Like, I mean, on top of what you just read, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to wait a little yeah, bit before I, I do say. that. <laughs> well, we hope that you come back next week for a brand new episode on all the sins worldwide, and this is the continuation of the sister podcast, All the Sins of Wisconsin. I am Mims, and I'm here with Jess. And we love these sinners. Yes. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us and like openly receiving the information of this case. And we hope you have an awesome week and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. All the Sins Worldwide was written, recorded, edited, and produced by our co-hosts and creators, Jess and Mims. We truly want to thank our listeners, collaborators, friends, and family that continuously support us and for all the love we receive. 
If you enjoy our show, please give us a glowing review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're up to. And email us your sinner tales at allthesinsworldwide at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins Worldwide are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure to subscribe and like us on your favorite streaming platform.